Hey everyone, just want to encourage you to find us on your listening platform and give us a rating. Anywhere you listen to that has a rating system, go on over and give us a rating and maybe leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. These ratings really do help. Thank you so much for listening. On to this week's episode. Rolando. Tell me about Rolando in 1994. I don't even know how old I was in 1997 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly haven't a wreck clue. I don't even know what grade I would have been in. It's, it's too young to second have any grade. Oh, memories. second grade. Okay, fine. So second grade, I would have been in Mr. De Silva's class at Sacred Heart. He was a teacher who would slap the back of our heads if we got answers wrong, and call us oh stupid gosh. idiot. Wow. Yeah, he'd be like stupid idiot if you got a That's question wrong. Terrible. I know, right? Catholic schools, man. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was in Catholic school too. Uh, I guess then I would have been in first grade. And um, it was fine. I mean, I don't know. Things started really going downhill for me around fourth grade in terms is that, of like, wow, nobody peaked? likes me. I have no friends kind of a thing. Really? Fourth grade? Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. p- kids get cruel faster than we think they do. At I least guess, back then, too. Yeah, I guess it's true. I was always in the middle where I was. Uh, I was. You were kind of invincible, uh, invisible, I should say. No. No, not invisible. Because I had moved from the Bronx to New Jersey and stuff. So uh, all, all the kids in the school had, like, kind of already made, uh, like, relationships and friendships and stuff. So I had to, like, kind of form new ones. And mm-hmm. uh, it made me a target of isolation. But I was really quick to adapt and make friends and, like, kind of uh, fit into crowds. Like, fit into groups and stuff. Mm, I see. Well, Plus, then... I was also, like, a defender of, uh, of people. Oh, that's sweet. No, here we go. Don't get us yeah, started. What there? <laughs> Don't get us started. No, no, Nicole, no. Um, we're getting really into, you know, our childhoods and stuff. The point yeah, though is that the nineties, you know, the nineties were so different. It doesn't seem that far away. We have kind of memories of it, but like the nineties, man. It's only thirty or so years ago, and wow how different it feels now. Yeah, that's um, true. Because we're gonna be comparing two properties together that are only about 30, 28 years apart and 29? feel <laughs> planets apart <laughs> yeah. in terms of at least the representation. We're talking about two adaptations of the classic popular Anne Rice Vampire Chronicles, Interview with the Vampire, the 1994 film, and this new AMC television series of Interview with the Vampire. So AMC Plus, I think. I think it's AMC, AMC Plus. Plus. Exclusive. Okay. I don't think it's. I'm not sure. I have AMC. YouTube TV. I don't know about cable things anymore. Oh, if it's on YouTube TV, maybe it is on AMC then. Yeah, that's why I was like AMC. I think, but whatever. Maybe. I'm Nicole, and I'm Rolando, and this is Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals, an original podcast about unoriginality. I got a new microphone. Hopefully the quality, you know, was good, guys. So. so too. Yeah. So the reason I ask about 1994 in particular is, well, obviously, because Interview with the Vampire came out that year. Believe it or not. No way. It's got to be one of the most prolific movie years of all time. And I think I've mentioned this before, but it's the same year I also year feel like that... you've mentioned that all the time. The most prolific. <laughs> yeah. This is the most prolific. Yeah. This I mean, there the was some. important year. To be quite honest, though, every time, like, something gets rebooted or revived... Uh, it's usually from a pretty iconic year. 
Like very rarely okay. will they, you know, because then also it's like they're not going to pick a okay movie from a forgettable year. <laughs> Which I would argue is what we should be doing with remakes. Mm, we should true. be picking. We up should actually be taking things that weren't that, that were great mediocre and... or not that good that had a solid concept, and then remake yeah. them. Maybe that'll be the next phase. We keep going through all these different phases, but uh, but I said before we definitely talked about it before. I can't remember what episode it was, but it's the same year that Pulp Fiction came out, Shawshank Redemption, Forrest Gump, like a really prolific big Oscar year. Um, so when you think about 1994, you kind of think about those movies that I think have, um, I think they've aged well. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe not Forrest Gump in my opinion, but for the most part, these are pretty re- like rewatchable, enjoyable movies that, you know, you don't have too many qualms with now. Um, and then there's Interview with the Vampire, <laughs> other movies say. that came out. Uh, and I am just already dragging this movie and I don't mean to, but at the same Girl, time, you, you know. You are. I think that even like 10 or so years ago, we could have called this movie out for being like, really guys, way to not address the homosexuality in this because it was a big thing. Like, really? You're going to have two of the biggest stars and you're just going to, I guess, shy away from it today? Well, that would never happen. But in the 90s, yeah, it happened. Of course, well, actually. Of course. I mean, Anne Rice was kind of complicit to that, though. Well, I'm sure she wanted the paycheck. So she was like, sure, whatever Whoa. you want. So here's my fun fact about the yes, movie. Yes, tell right? me the fun fact. You this know. is the funnest fact I think I discovered while doing research for this film. But Anne Rice, in one of the earlier drafts of the script, considered making Louis a female character, and she wanted it to be played by Cher. That would have been a way better movie. Let's just—I mean, let's just pause and think about that. <laughs> I don't. What like what an alternative universe that you would want? What to like? Are you kidding me? That is the biggest tease. Ever. Yeah, I, actually, I accidentally told Eddie that it was uh, that they wanted her to play Lestat, which I think she would have been a better Lestat than Louis, to be quite honest. She so would have been, like, yeah, she would have been a better. Been she would have, she would have slapped <laughs> Lestat, and she'd be like, "Snap out of it!" <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, especially like you know when like Lestat never dies, it's like well, Cher never dies, so mm-hmm. like how yeah, you can't no, kill Cher. I'd be, but yeah, but so Cher actually also wrote a single that was supposed to be attached to the film that the producers are like, no, thank you. And was it? Do you she, believe in life after love? No, you know, <laughs> it should have been. <laughs> what but a perfect no, song! Uh, uh, I forgot what the name of the song was, but it was released eventually and stuff. And I think she even tweeted about it not that long mm. ago, probably Strong when uh, Anne Rice died. Oh wow! The and forgotten, that's, oh, well, look, as she Twitter. called it, the forgotten vampire ballad. Sure, but yeah, love can you share. believe how wild is that? So we yeah, missed but, out. <laughs> but yo, but Anne Rice completely was aware of the homosexual subtext that she wrote into her book that she just didn't think Hollywood was ready for, so she was ready to make changes. Okay, I've never read Interview with the Vampire or any of the Vampire Chronicles. Uh, Rolando, have you? No, I come on. Silly question. <laughs> Eddie, have you? Yeah, I read Interview with the Vampire. So then my question is, is it subtext in the novel? Or is it like pretty much fully addressed? Um, so to what I remember, because I read I read this a long time ago. Um mm-hmm. so I remember that you do get the sense that there is this um sexual tension as well as this um affection and struggle 
uh, struggle of the affection between these two men, these two vampires. So you get the sense of there are intimate, there are very kind of like intimate moments um, in this that are not per se sexual acts, but more um, the way uh, Louis may speak of Lestat at a moment. Um, and just like, the, the, you know, that whole scene of when, um, when he first uh, makes Louis into a vampire and they have to share a coffin together, you know? So th- those, those kind of things that made me, you know, like a little gay kid was like, Ooh, this is interesting. But, and maybe someone can correct me if I'm wrong. I always got the sense from the book that vampires were not sexually active, that they were somehow, they gave that up. They had the passion for the blood and the um, and but they need it from each other either from another vampire or uh, a a human sometimes kind of um, an emotional connection um and that's that's what i sense from from the book is and not and it was kind of you know the moments where you it was basically obvious but um these two vampires needing the and wanting the emotional connection from each other so then there was never yeah. a line in the book that said like, and then they had passionate sex all night. No, no, that was never I that, see. you know, that. And I, yeah, I felt like it was like, they couldn't, I feel like I read, like it was a point where I was, cause I'm always, I feel like I, I, at one point I was very fascinated with vampires and so I always find like, always, yeah, so always the supernatural. Yeah. So it was like, I'm always interested in what lores, you know, what, like, what, what do they introduce mm. when you get a new vampire book? Mm-hmm. And um, and that's one of those things. It's like, oh, I guess they don't have sex, but they have this intensity, emotional intensity, for another person. You know. Wow. Okay. Maybe I'm being too hard on the 1994 film then, because <laughs> the more you were saying that, I think that maybe they did get some things right. Mm-hmm. Um. So Eddie, you know, I want you to chime in. I mean, obviously, we're talking about the the media properties today, and that is what we are prioritizing. But, you know, like kind of like chime in too in terms of representation of these characters as someone who's familiar with it on that on that level, Um, because these are two very different portrayals of male relationships. Um, The 1994 one is more, I would say, a story about friendship and companionship. And the second version, this new one is all in out lust, just giving into your sexual desires. So, and again, you know, if any Anne Rice fans are listening, (laughs) we apologize in advance, but also, you know, reach out with any comments that you might have at least about your perception of the, uh, of the film and the TV show. And then like, you know, our perception of it, because this is at least what I got now. Rolando already, I know is disagreeing with me on in the 1994 film. I accept from the, I mean, I remember I got into an argument with friends, straight friends. It should be noted. Is he kidding me? He's never played with. He wants uh-huh. to get his voice heard. Uh, <laughs> no, so I, yeah, I got into an argument with three friends about interview with a vampire some time back, long time ago, prior to even Anne Rice dying last year, right? Uh, and it was this point that I had made that like Lestat and Louis were gay, right? In the movie, like we never saw it, but they were they were a couple. Not only were they a couple, but they were raising a child together. You know so I mean? you so you think that the movie actually did a good job at pretty much 
dancing circles around it, but never actually saying they're gay. No, I mean, it's obvious that they never went there, right? Like, the movie would want you to believe that they are very much heterosexual, mm-hmm. right? But it's, 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 they, it's, it's there. Like, there it's were a there. couple of, they were, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you can't, these guys were clearly had a very, very toxic relationship with each other. And then when Armand shows up, who's just giving him lovey-dovey, <laughs> giving Louis lovey-dovey eyes, mm-hmm. it's just like, come on, played by Antonio oh Banderas. Oh my God. By the way. Yeah, so I mean, hot. 1994 too, like, you know, Brad Pitt just coming off of Thelma and Louise, uh, Tom Cruise. I mean, this is before Jerry Maguire, but this is obviously post Top Gun, uh, post like Far and Away, Days of Thunder. So he's still like mm-hmm. top action movie blockbuster guy. Antonio Banderas, I think he just made uh, Desperado. I maybe. believe, or maybe I don't the know. next he was year. Also, he was like another rising star. Yeah, he was a rising yes. star. I mean, and then and, Christian and, and, Slater just made True Romance and Heathers and stuff. So like these these guys are like the hottest straight guys, well, at least publicly straight guys in the business, Ooh, all making a film shade? together. <laughs> I mean, hey, we, we never know what a person does in their private lives. Um, and, you know, whatever. So, of course, I guess in order to market that movie, you know, they really had to, or at least like in terms of not even just marketing, but how they were going to deliver it, you know, they really had to make sure that they were pleasing to all demographics. And those guys are going to bring in women, but they're also going to bring in a lot of men. So you can understand why. I think Tom Cruise has a huge man fan, male fan base. And and Brad Pitt? I think Brad Pitt too. But for a, here's the thing, a period vampire movie, I think vampires were different in the night. I think post also, maybe Twilight and True Blood, vampires have changed. You become pre- more of like a. Uh, no, I'm talking about now, post Twilight and all this stuff. Uh, it's become more of like this weird, like teen fantasy uh, genre. But before then, vampires, I think, were cool. I don't think vampires necessarily were like really ever cool. Yes, they were. Yes, they yes. were. Name, yes. When, they, they may not be cool for you. Maybe that's not your I thing, but they were cool, especially to being a little kid picking up interview with the vampire and almost being like, Oh my God, I better read this when nobody's looking. Cause people, you know, Judge. and my family, you know, like, yeah, being, yeah. like I, I don't want my mother like to get her prayer group praying over me, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, but those at that time too, uh, she was th- the other books were coming out of her series. It was like, this is an 11 book series of uh, the yeah. vampire chronicles, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were, so popular people were just eating them up and people were like are you reading this book no no no. i'm a book behind blah 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 and it's like what do you think about this and it's like oh my god i love this you know people were like going crazy over these books and the stunt all that this whole this whole world was fat had a moment where it was like truly like fascinating and then the you know and the movie was coming out and people were excited we were talking about this movie I think also, you know, vampires in literature have always been more like they were able to be more sexual and they were able to be more freer because of the way that they can be depicted in literature as opposed to media representation. At mainstream media representation, you know, from Dracula to Interview with the Vampire had to be a little bit tamer. You know, so the books, it was like, oh, it's going to be crazier and juicier and like, you know, more graphic in here. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of changed now. Now we're able to actually catch up with literature and show you know the raw sexuality that now is just hand in hand with vampires but maybe we should take a step back and describe the plot of this piece 
of this sure. series a little bit. What's like, the, I don't know. I'm trying to do this in the tightest way possible to tell oh, the, I could the do story it. about I could, Louis yeah. and Lestat. Go for it. I could do this for you. So Louis, Louis is uh, the main character of this film series. He employs uh, journalist Malloy to tell his story. He wants mm-hmm. to come in out to the day. world. Uh, yeah, in present day uh, as a vampire. And uh, his story begins in Louisiana, and he talks about how he was turned into a vampire and this hot and cold relationship he has with the vampire that sired him, Lestat. And uh, their centuries-long relationship, we can say. Did did they use the term sire in the film? I can't remember. They didn't say it, but I guess I'm just used to that word from uh from like other lore. Buffy, Buffy, Buffy. There you go. Yeah, yeah Buffy. Uh, but yeah. So see, vampires were cool before Twilight. Buffy. I mean, Buffy was cool. Not the vampires. Like, we had some cool vampires. But Angel, guess, but Angel Spike. I, I hated Angel. I never. Yeah. <laughs> Don't waste your time, Angel. Nicole. Don't waste your time. <laughs> um, Spike was cool up until the rape scene. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? Or attempted oh, rape scene. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Back to this. So, uh, Lestat, Louis, they have this really, really on again, off again relationship. And uh, Lestat decides in order to fix this relationship, they bring upon this other new companion, a young girl named Claudia. And uh, Claudia is kind of like a wild child. She's a child. She is a child. She's a child. She's a child. She's a child. But. Part of her story is that, like, as even though she can't, her she physically can't age, her her mind can, and she's frustrated with the fact that she's stuck in this child form. Uh, they kill, they decide to kill Lestat, and uh, run off in search for other vampires. They finally encounter a vampire clan, and uh, Claudia is punished for the death of Lestat. That brings. Uh, uh, Louis to some form of madness and stuff. And uh, when we come back to not madness, but depression and stuff. But when we come back to the present rage, because we yeah, have rage. It kills. <laughs> True. Uh, and when we come back to the present, though, uh, Malloy asks Lestat to turn him into a vampire and make him his companion. And Lestat, not Lestat, Louis is pissed off because he's just like, did you learn nothing from my story? Like, this is a warning. I'm trying to warn people about these vampires out yep. there. Mm-hmm. And uh, surprise, surprise, Lestat shows up and murders Malloy, you know. Uh, and and kind of like leaves it hanging. Will Malloy be a vampire? Will he not? Well, I guess. It's a, yeah, that's true. That, that is the ending. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the when did you first see this movie? I saw it in bits and pieces like throughout my whole life. I never saw it in its entirety up until recording this podcast. Yeah, this was like on HBO or Cinemax a lot growing up, I feel like. Or like what? it was, I was about somewhere. To say, I never really I don't know where I used to see it, but it would be in bits and pieces and stuff. I, I was for me, I never wanted to see it because it looked goofy. Like okay. the costumes <laughs> and like the eccentricities of Tom Cruise's performance as a mm, I see, yeah. And the hair pieces you know there was just a lot that i just for me i just never wanted to i just never was drawn to this film so i would always if it was on sometimes i would watch it i think maybe usually usually the parts that i would watch is like when uh the little girl is involved right played by uh, kirsten dunst yes because uh, you know i was growing up 
something that I could kind of like relate to. Be like, okay, well, this little girl's a vampire killer. That's kind of cool. I guess. That's the other year. That's the other time we talked about 1994 on the podcast when we did Little Women because this same year she was in Little Women. Um, Kirsten Dunst was in Little Women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Do I remember this? She played Amy. The one who dies? No. Who is Amy? Amy's the one that grows up and marries uh, the boy that Joe was that was in love with Joe, and then Joe. Is she the one who falls him. in the water? She's the one that burns the manuscript. Oh yes. Okay, now I there remember. you go. Okay. Uh, if you've so never seen was... Little Women, we just Kirsten spoiled does... quite a lot of things for you, and I apologize. But <laughs> uh, what were you about say? two years ago at this point? Is she? Uh, yeah. So Kirsten does that was also her year. This is this, yeah. Movie? This is like her wow. big debut in cinema. And what a Kirsten fucking Dunst. debut! I mean, I'm a pretty big Kirsten Dunst fan, so like, I think that she owns this movie. Um, oh no, she's great. She's so yeah. good at this. Film. She's she's the best part of this movie so uh i just want to say just want to say (laughs) i was first introduced to this movie some point in the mid 90s by my older sister barbara and she she gave me the context too like all the all the biggest and hottest and most sexually desirable you know uh movie stars are in this movie together gay yeah she never said that though she never Um, said that did she not read that did she i don't know i don't know maybe i was too young for her to like think (laughs) of saying that to me and stuff but this movie I remember being semi, but not really, but kind of traumatized by because of the death of the Kirsten Dunn's character. Mm-hmm. And I still think that's a spoiler alert. She dies. I still think that's a pretty fucked up way to die. <laughs> it <laughs> like, is. And it's also because she's a child. And she at least appears to be a child. Like I just, it always rubbed me wrong. So this movie always stayed with yeah. me. Like when I watched it again, I was like, wow, I can't remember how much of this. I can't believe how much of this I recall. Like, I almost didn't need to watch it again because it had just been so present in my memory. Um, really? It was that present? Because I, I mostly watching the costumes. Again. Yeah, no, the costumes. I mean, watching it again, though, I did find that the story is interesting. Performances are strong, but the direction was just not there for me. Um, I <laughs> so think, interesting you should say that. What do you mean by that? I think that, you know, it's a combination of things, which is why I say the director. Like, sometimes... The editing was a little off. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. why are we staying on this shot of a coffin being carried for like so long? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or like, or maybe that happened too fast. Right. And also just kind of like certain things that we choose to focus on. Um, and maybe it's also some bits of the writing that I didn't think worked for me. Um, like, I don't know, there's a scene where the, the, the statue comes to life because I guess now that Louis a vampire, things look differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you know just like little things that I was like this is just, just this is not being effective for me <laughs> yeah um, so and I think that's part of the problem that novels unfortunately get like when they're adapted right like they get things get lost in translation uh, when you're trying to so I don't know how long this novel is but according to my research like they cut out large portions of the novel yeah i'm uh, sure to you know to fit it into this 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 book uh specifically claudia and louis traveling looking for other vampires right like that mm-hmm. whole storyline is like yeah he just like kind of says it in narration and that's it yeah. you yeah. know um and it's so bizarre it's such an interesting thing because you know in other vampire lores like vampires are kind of amongst us everywhere but in this one apparently <laughs> there's not that many it's just like so different from uh my perception of vampires too at least in, in media representation mm-hmm. um i i don't know i thought it was interesting because it's such a plot heavy film too it's really, that 
it was yeah. a weird balance of like, okay, this is this is moving too slow at times, and then other times move too fast or it didn't expand enough. I agree with you. In retrospect, one at just at watching this film at uh just sitting down, it was kind of like the first couple of acts were just breathtakingly fast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, Louis' backstory kind of like, is. Yeah, bam, like bam, it's just bam. like boom, boom. Like he turns into a vampire within ten minutes of this film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like opening, you know. Yeah, and, and I and I even thought that like we could have gotten a better introduction to like Lestat and stuff. It was like this is oh, too fast. Yeah, Lestat kind of didn't get like an introduction. He just kind of just went right for it. Yeah. He just kind of like just dipped his teeth right into Brad Pitt's neck. Who, by the way, Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise hate each other as a result of this film. <laughs> wow. Like, they don't. They don't get along. Look at that. Yeah, they, so... They, they will never work together again. Performances-wise, because you said, you know, you disagreed with Kirsten Dutz being the best in this film. I feel like then maybe you think one of these two stole the show? No. Oh, interesting. So between the two, if I were to <laughs> say, you know, because I, I don't think... I don't think Brad Pitt was fully formed as an actor quite yet. And mm-hmm. there was something about him that seemed a little checked out. Now, granted, his whole, like, Louis character is like, oh, he's so, like, despondent. And he's, like, you know, just passing through life, even though he's, like, begrudgingly a vampire. But after a while, like, he kind of, after a couple hundred years. <laughs> well, <laughs> years, well it, wasn't, it, wasn't a hun- it wasn't a couple of hundred years. It was literally 60 years. That sure, they were together. That they were together. Oh, they were 60, well, okay. 60 years. Okay, so maybe okay, so after 50 together. years or something, and you it, might We're change. also coming from a couple of things here. We're coming from Louis being very depressed. Mm-hmm. Okay, in the um, you know in in the film, yeah, in the film he loses his wife and his kid, right, and he's depressed, and all he wants to do is die, and he's just like putting himself in situations where I just want to die. Stunt takes the opportunity there, and it's like maybe being a vampire may be a little bit better, but then he realizes no, it's worse. It fucking I'm sucks hungry. because I want to kill <laughs> every time. I just want blood. So it's like literally he's just. It just look. I mean, I don't know. I just think Brad Pitt did a great job of always looking like he was in pain. Wow. Like, always looking, like, tortured yeah. about, you know, like, his existence was the constant torture. And now having, like, I don't even know how to die as a vampire. So Not, not really. Wow. Like, I, 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 I personally, I, uh-huh. I can, I can probably, like, walk into the sun and, and but that, but, like, the other thing, too, is, like, like, how do, like, yeah, it's just like I'm a vampire and now but I'm also in this relationship with this other guy and it's intense cuz I love and I hate him. I love and I hate him. It's like that Katy Perry song. We're hot and we're cold. You know, we're love yes and I hate them. We're no. Too, so. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I I did not see any of that in him. I I kind of got more bored than in pain. Uh, I think you're both right on this him. one. And you guys want to hear here's another fun fact behind the scenes drama about the film. Brad did he hate, hate being on the set, set? He didn't want to be in this film. He wanted to get out of the contract, but the clause for him to get out was so expensive that he just muscled through it, and as a result, he was miserable on set. Honestly, and... I think that shows. And maybe it... in, for Eddie, it works positively to his portrayal of Louis. But yeah, because me, he knows the character. Yeah, like, you know, understanding all of that about Louis and how tortured this character is, I was still like... Brad, you're not giving me enough dimensions here. You're almost, you're almost too miserable. <laughs> so that's so funny that you both read into what was exactly happening. It just happened wow. to work for the one who read the book, and for you who had not, you're just like you just look miserable. Why? 
Yeah, smile. but in a different way. Now, I will right. give it to... I'm going to give it to Tom Cruise. There are scenes that he just fully commits to that character. And I actually think he does a pretty good list that. I think we're just so used to seeing... Like, we can never dif- differentiate Tom Cruise from Tom Cruise. He's just such a big movie star that he can never disappear in a character. Uh-huh. But motherfucker commits to his roles. I, he just gives it I just feel like he always emotions. he always ends up playing that macho or uh yeah, like the, the straight guy, like the really like old American guy, mm-hmm. you know. Anything but straight. And so <laughs> <laughs> So, but to see him in moments where he is so flamboyant. Yes. Especially yes. with his, you know, with uh, like his those lace, outfits, those outfits and stuff and being, being absolutely ridiculous and so and and so um totally indifferent to and bored of mm-hmm. of how louis is reacting to his existence mm-hmm. like oh my god he's like get over yourself already yeah. come on you are yeah. such a killjoy in retrospect <laughs> yes like upon when i was younger watching this film like clearly the one i gravitated towards was kirsten dutz upon re-watching this film and sitting down and actually watching it yes tom cruise absolutely kills it another fun fact about this movie uh when Anne Rice found out that Tom Cruise was cast in the film. She was absolutely angry. She didn't think that he could do it. Yeah. Other people that were considered early in production were John Travolta. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that's funny. There was another one. I forgot. Richard Gere. Possibly. There was like, I feel like there was like an old actor that, oh, uh, Julian Sands. Does that, does that ring a bell to you? It's a British actor. No. But that's who Anne Rice wanted. I know that she wrote the part of Lestat, or at least when she first wrote a screenplay like back in the day, Mm -hmm. for it she had this French actor, Alain Delon, in mind. Maybe Um, him too. Yeah, but uh, yeah, she was absolutely livid that it was... uh, that which is yeah, Elaine Delon is known for being very almost like effeminate in his manner. He's a very pretty really? boy and stuff. So like Tom Cruise was just that was not the career he was going for, and he has not gone for you know since. You know, like uh, a good person who actually should have been in this movie at the time was probably like River Phoenix. River like, Phoenix I feel was like... supposed to be in the movie as the as Malloy, the journalist. He died. Oh wow! Oh yeah. Yeah. There you, you know, go. This was but. Other character, other actors that she recommended though throughout production were John Malkovich, Peter Weller, Jeremy Irons, and Alexander Godunov. Ooh, Peter Weller would have been really good. Peter Weller would have been an interesting choice. Yeah, but yeah, but unfortunately Hollywood chose Tom Cruise. She was angry. However, when she finally saw a copy of the film, she took out a two-page ad. I think on Variety, and was just like apologizing. For, oh my like, god, for not wanting like, Tom yeah. Cruise in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and she was like oh wow uh i i mean that's the thing he's surprisingly good in this movie he is he is like i i never really paid attention to his performance growing up watching his performance now he's just like oh again just makes me realize like yeah like why have i been so hard on tom cruise like i just really Seriously. never gave him a chance and uh you know he when he's good he's good I, I completely the guy agree commits with that. to his role. He commits like no other. I mean, now it's become like you know he commits to his stunts and whatnot. But he's and he commits to making the best movie experience for his fans. So I appreciate yeah. him. Maybe that's why he just drove Brad Pitt insane because Brad Pitt was so miserable on set and Tom Cruise is just fine yeah. Like Brad that. Pitt like, just wanted to smoke like that Rachel Berry from Glee character being like, "Come on, guys, we got to give our best, guys. We have to do this. We're doing this for the fans. We're doing this for, <laughs> for the readers." And Brad Pitt just there, miserable, smoking cigarettes. Yeah, like calm down. Uh. 
we got to talk about Antonio Banderas as Armand, you know, who also, I mean, any, I don't know if you continue to read the books, but it seems like Armand was kind of like, you know, like his, uh, his, what's that term for like, you know, when you leave one relation, his rebound relationship uh, from Lestat. You could, you could see that as, yeah. Uh, yeah. And Armand just definitely, you know, was like wanting to, to mack it to him. Um, again, you know, we, we, we're, we're talking about it, but if you've seen these movies, you know, these men are never openly at least to a certain degree affectionate with one another. It seems to be like very, you know, dancing circles around this idea. You know, they, they embrace, they, they're very tormented and they engage in all these things. And the, the emotions are so strong and so high and they almost get there and then they shy away. And it's just I such mean, a tease. There's so many points where like Brad Pitt's just hovering over Brad Pitt. And you're just like thinking, he's just like, just kiss. Just Seriously. Kiss. There's a scene with like Armand and stuff. Uh, where I think they like grab each other's faces and they're like, yeah, 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 this close, and it's yeah, like yeah, they're yeah, about yeah, to do yeah. it, they're about to kiss, yeah, and they yeah, don't yeah. fucking yeah. do it. Well, our, I mean, at, clearly Antonio Banderas read the script that was just like, okay, I'm giving him fuck me eyes like throughout the whole movie because literally every time we're on a medium shot or close up of Antonio Banderas looking at <laughs> at Louis Brad Pitt's character, it's always with those like come hither eyes, right? Yeah. Mm. It makes it in retrospect, Antonio Banderas would made a fantastic dracula yeah like he has that like that yeah he has that sexual look and i think so he he has that big vampire energy he yeah Mm. big b e uh antonio banderas was my favorite performance growing up in the film outside of uh of kirsten dunst and outside of the fact that he was just so handsome, even with that ridiculous wig that he was wearing. I loved it. Uh, he was, and he was just so captivating on camera. He's so suave and smooth and stuff. And I, I actually did enjoy his performance. <laughs> uh, and like, there was this great moment because like he brought such tension between Claudette and, and, and Brad Pitt's character, Louis, because like, she calls him out. She's just like, you want to run off with him? You're going to abandon me to run off with him. Mm-hmm. And Louis is basically saying, like, I kind of do want to run off with him. Like, he, he's a man my age, I guess. You yeah. know? So. <laughs> kind of sick of being a dad to you kind of a thing. Yeah. Which, that's the thing. They kind of weren't either by that point of the film. They kind of did have, like, almost a relationship. It kind of turned a little... I mean, granted, she's not... It's fucked up because, like, she's not a child. She's mentally. Not, no, no. But she's in the body of a child, so... Yeah. She's younger though, and she does kind of rely on him. Um, well, that's because of her body, right? And that's yeah, like, and that's needs, what yeah. Armand hinted and, to is just like, and everyone wants a companion to turn yeah. uh, a child into a vampire because they can't protect themselves. Yeah, yeah. And and we saw what happens, you know. I just but, never understood why they didn't punish him as well. Why did they just? Why did they throw him in the coffin? Who Armand? Uh, Louis, like when they you know took Claudia for the punishment. Because Claudia was the one who really committed the murder. I think Louis was just uh, accessory. Was yeah. It, yeah. Like, he was just accessory to the fact. He wasn't... He didn't plan it. He didn't... He he was just like, fuck, I'm... I'm I guess I had to help you. <laughs> like, what am I going to do? I suppose so, yeah. Okay. I mean, he was complicit, but he wasn't... She clearly had the intent. And we know that there was a vampire there who could read minds and stuff. So, like, I'm sure he was just scanning her brain and was just like, oh, yeah, no, she did it. This little wild child needs to go. But wouldn't they? I mean, I don't know. I would be like, let's kill him too, because then he's gonna want to take vengeance on us. And like, also, Louis but had... Armand wanted to fuck him. I guess yeah, that's why but, Armand. But wanted Armand, to uh, yeah. Armand had affection for him. Yeah, yeah. he was—he was already emotionally attracted. 
uh, to Louis. You know? Yeah. And and they do end up together in the book. I mean, in the movie they don't, but in the book they mm. do. They they tour Europe for quite some time, and then that Louis ends up back in America because Armand says, "I want to see where you, you came from. I want to see your home." So that's why they mm. get back. Mm-hmm. And, and then, he's like, then oh, he right. was like, you and he was like, Claudia. then Louis was like, <laughs> wait a minute, I just realized, you know, I can't be with you anymore because <laughs> I can't get over my emotional torment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fucking oh, <laughs> Louis. And what was Louis with like constantly burning places? Like that was his go-to. He's like, I'm done with this place. I'm gonna burn it. Burn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, that's kind of my Dungeons and Dragons character. Yeah. Kind totally. of mo. Like it's just like. So I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it. It's just like, yeah, no, you're done. You want to move on, burning get to the ground. Yeah. I think if I ever join for a campaign, my character is going to be Louis. I'm just going to be brooding the whole time, and anytime Ready. I just want out, I'll definitely will burn something to the ground. I had a character that played a little bit of Louis uh, Lestat. I played him very, very flamboyantly, very, very homosexually. Mm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. good times, man. Good times. <laughs> good times. Dragons allows you to explore these things and stuff. And like I said, I've been calling out without knowing the full facts behind it, right? I I only know a lot of this stuff, the homosexuality in retrospect now because of my research for this thing. I, I kind of took a deep dive because of the show. But I was saying this to my friends like years ago that like it's just like, no, Lestat and Louis are clearly like Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. They're gay in this movie. They, I mean, they're raising a child together for like the second act. Yeah. You know, no, I, like, yeah, it just it just I, sucks because it's so clear but it's so frustrating at the same time because it's like, why aren't we? Why is no one addressing the elephant in the room? Yeah, but isn't because that... it's it. Go ahead. I I think what um. I think what also has to be, element that has to kind of come into surface is that they're not human. They're, va- they're vampires, um, and they they see themselves as above and superior and beyond structures and labels and framework um, that that they had to shed when they became vampires. So I, I do guess that there are, like, for them, it's not just about the, the not, at least for this movie and the book, gives the, the sense of that it's not about the opposite sex or the same sex or the gender it's about um, the person that I seem to have an emotional connection with. Yeah. And that's the thing, like we were talking about this again, I think two weeks ago when we did, that's right. Let the right one in. It's like, okay, there's certain things that in every vampire lawyer is there. They can't be in the sun. Right. You know, you have to invite them in maybe most other vampire places or, or, or media properties. They're sexual beings. And like sometimes it's a metaphor for sexuality. Sometimes it's just down and out sexuality. So this is one of the first ones that I think I've encountered, where at least in the 1994 version of it, it was like they were asexual, and that's we're, just so unlike vampires for me. They were asexual with each other because we did see Brad Pitt getting it on with an older lady. There you go. But it, so but then it they are sexual. No, but the, okay. <laughs> but you also okay. So but it's all part of. They were playing a game. This is all part of playing with their food. I guess it's true. You know, because you have Lestat kind of like almost making out with her reporter. 
the her assistant, that guy that was taking uh-huh. care of the dogs, uh-huh. um, you know, whatever. So that that young man, so that he ends up killing, mm-hmm. you know. So it's it's um, you know, it's about playing with your food. It's about seduction. It's about the game. I the, I I. It is a funny scene. I just want to point out where she's just like, I could be your grandmother. Yeah, so it's yeah, like, no, you're yeah. gonna be my dinner girl. So, so it's like it's, and the thing with this too is, is they are so powerful. They're like apex predator, and to make it interesting, it seems that they have to have this whole ritual and fun with what they're gonna consume. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it it it's definitely different than how this new interview with the vampire though is portraying them because if this one is claiming to be more uh faithful to the Anne Rice source material, then I think they are maybe being faithful but taking a lot of liberties. Uh, Which one? The the new with the AMC series? AMC series, yeah. Yes. Okay. So AMC series, yes. So I'm just gonna just I wanna jump right into it. I'm gonna start yeah, off of and say this. Critics Love the fuck out of this show. But if you do your research, uh, a lot of quote-unquote Anne Rice purists are furious. Mm. And lo and behold, a lot of the anger comes at having homosexuality and a black character front and center. Wow. Who would have guessed? I thought we'd been over this, but here we are yet again. Just wanted to throw that out there. Um, I didn't I didn't see any of that, so this is uh, Yeah, I started... Because I was like... I, I started doing research into the show. I'm just like, yo, what are people saying about this? And because I will say this right off the bat, I think I really, I found myself very enamored with the show. I think it's like a fantastic show. Uh, And I think it's, I think these changes that they made to the plot really kind of enrich the story in a way that I, I, I wasn't expecting. Right. So, yeah. Uh, do you want to get into the major differences? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So the major difference between these two properties is in the new version. Big difference number one is that it's the interview is taking place in contemporary times. However, one of the more fascinating parts that they did was like the original interview that like let's say the one that we know from uh, from like let's say the movie. That happened when uh, young reporter, young reporter gets attacked by Lestat. That all still happened. Uh, this is now almost fifty years later. Uh, Louis reaches out to Malloy to kind of do this interview all over again with a kind of a clear head. Now that he's had time to reflect on his being, and now Malloy's character isn't this like kind of uh, young inept reporter who's going to ask basic questions. No, now he's a very hardened, cynical, bitter reporter. Yeah, he's very, very well seasoned. Yeah, and as a result... And facing his mortality. You're right. Yes, he's also facing his mortality. I think that just all of a sudden gives brand new context to the conversation that these two are having. That Mm -hmm. already brightened up the show. Big difference, next big difference is that Louis, it doesn't take place in uh, the Antebellum South, right? It takes place now in New Orleans, New Orleans, 1910s, mm-hmm. the teens, uh, like during right, like ragtime. Yes. Right before prohibition uh, and during the depression era. Uh, no, is, depression is 1930s. 
Oh wait, no, not the wait. What's the what happened? This is like ragtime. This is ragtime. This is like oh, industrial. It, carry, it does carry. Stuff. It does carry through into. into the That's what I say. Into the depression. Yeah, yeah they they sleep through uh, the, the roaring twenties almost. Is that what happened? Well, okay. They, they, I, doesn't this take place in nineteen ten though? That's where it starts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, it carries through through the at least where we've left off. The depression had already. We've hit the depression era. Uh, but yeah. What? How many did you watch? The full series. We're yeah, only we're missing the up. episode Got that's needed to be released. All right. Can I just put something into context too? Yeah, go ahead. That this is okay. This isn't a reboot, but a revival. According to Eddie, he claims that this is a revival. But go on. This is because we have to see the first movie as the interview because the book is written as like uh, the, uh, Louis giving this interview to the boy as he refers to him, the boy, the reporter, right? Um. And so it is Louis telling his story and all that he knows. So we can't get Lestan's back backstory or origin because it was never shared to Louis. Um, but now we, we, we're coming, we have this experience. Now this like decades later, he gets the same report and sits him down. And so let's do this again. Let's do this again. And, and he's like, and there's a point where he's like, you see physically he has he decides to throw away the old interview erase it from his computer and he's saying we're starting from a fresh point here so to eddie's point it's like you could take the film interview with the vampire and say that was the first version right that first interview and now 50 years later here we are for a new version right you could take that interpretation not obviously not the exact same characters because black we have a black Louis, but you could take that idea basically. And I think it kind of does work out well, which is kind of why the story kind of gets enriched a little uh, to, to the new version where Louis is black. And because of this, we get a lot of identity politics really seeping into this, into this narrative storytelling device that I kind of think kind of enriches the story because I think one of the big plot devices that we see is just like, and I think what the reporter said is just like, you fuck around with a black man who turned into a vampire, you're going to find out what happens. And that's kind of one of these like recurring themes here that like this character, he is black and he is in Louisiana and he is looked down upon by all these white people. But suddenly he gets all this literal power, physical power. He is now an apex predator. But because of the racial politics of the South, He's still looked down upon, right? Despite the fact that he has all this po- immense power behind him. And we also have to add too that he's gay. Oh yeah, that's right. We, he's we gay. Know this. That he's is a gay. He's gay. He's a gay man. Not, we're not. Him, we're not walking around. It. He's just absolutely <coughs> gay. And uh, yeah, so it's a black queer character that we're watching on screen, uh, dealing with this identity as a vampire and this really, really toxic relationship with Lestat, mm. the vampire that turned him. Yeah, uh, and that's more or less the setup, right? Uh, we're getting, we're we're seeing the interview unfold, and we're getting the flashbacks of what happened. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the film, it feels really, really rushed. Louis' backstory, and then all of a sudden, Tom Cruise comes without really an introduction and stuff. I mean, that's pretty much that is the whole first episode. Mm-hmm. You know, what was Louis' life like before he got turned, and what was his relationship? How did he even list out me? You know, so this one is taking its time more. And um, they're very different characters than at least 
portrayed so far from what I've seen in the film. Obviously, you know, you said everything about Louis, but even Lestat, I feel like he's, I mean, he's got all the same characteristics in the sense where he's still flamboyant. He's still like, he's charming as fuck. And he has like this aura about him, but it's a different type than the way that Tom Cruise did it. Um, and of course, it's a different actor choosing to do things differently. But I feel, I don't know, I feel like uh, Tom Cruise is more theatrical about it. This actor is this guy's more theatrical? subtle. I think this well, guy's more subtle. Because you haven't seen the second episode, the third episode. I haven't uh, seen the third he, episode. No, I only saw yeah. the first two. He is. So, uh, I think Eric Reed, I think is his name. Let me just. Uh, Sam Reed. Sam, Sam Reed has this panache as Lestat that's a little different from Tom Cruise, I will agree. Uh, but I think he is, uh, I think he's very captivating on screen in a way that like, I just wasn't, he's, he oozes sex in a way that like, cause he's not my type, the type of guy that I'm like sexually attracted to usually, right? Like the chiseled chin, like the, like the long golden hair. But he kind of just oozes it. He has, in. He has a magnetism. Yeah, he does it. have like a magnetism that like kind of does capture well. But I think the other thing that I like about it is just like he, what we see is from him that Tom Cruise kind of only toyed around with is this burning passion that he has for Louis, right? In all of Sam Reed's performances with Louis. It's absolute magnetism, like almost like animalistic lust that he has for this character. And it, it, it shows, I think, so well in a way that like, you know, Tom Cruise didn't do. Right. So that's the read that I get. Like Sam Lestat hunted uh, 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 Louis, played by Jacob Anderson, who may many our listeners might know him more so as uh, the leader of the unsullied on game of thrones he hunted him down for that romance right it's like when you're at a bar and like you see that one person that you really like and you're going to do everything you can to like get close to them and kind of make your move he was pursued yeah yeah so i guess that's, this I mean, would that's be... a lot of theme here that's like hunting for sure uh this would be the time of the podcast where then i tell you that I actually did not feel one the chemistry between the two actors, oh, and that really wow. actually made it hard for me to connect with the show. I actually didn't also particularly enjoy their performances. I didn't mm-hmm. think they were just they weren't doing it for me. I think Louis, now that I think about it, must he, this is a hard character for me. I think to 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 see someone convey convincingly, and maybe I'm mm-hmm. it's either like it works for me or it doesn't. And unfortunately, in both cases, it just hasn't really worked for me. I don't mm. think I like either portrayal of Louis. Um, Interesting. And I don't know. I think I prefer the Tom Cruise one. But I think my biggest gripe was definitely, like, I felt a complete lack of chemistry between these two men. And this is a film that is not only taking, like, her subtext, but they're just full on making a text. They're like, mm-hmm. we're going to just, we're going to embrace the shit out of this and make it. I'm like, ooh, exciting. And if you don't have that, for me, it didn't have the chemistry. It's like, none of it can work if they don't mm-hmm. have that foundation. So it, I found it really hard to connect with. And, and all the changes they made to the Louis character, you know, updating him, making him more of like this, like, 
a pimp who thinks he has to be a pimp because that's how he has to survive. It's kind of like this front that he's put on, right, mm-hmm. in order to hide who he really is. But then it's also like made a division between him and his family to the point where his brother commits suicide and the mother cruelly blames him for it. Right. Um, you know, it's like all of these things that I'm like, oh, wow, this works for me story-wise. Why am I like not really getting emotionally connected to it you know and at the end of the day for me this was definitely like if the if you don't feel if the two leads you know aren't carrying the, the piece then it's just not gonna work for you um I mean, yeah i just i, I, I know I, that's I, the thing like i don't i'm not gonna tell you how you should feel about their performances <laughs> or something but i don't think i can be p- convinced that this is like good acting yeah i don't know I, I guess i do disagree with you on that one i think jacob and sam really kind of i think jacob more so i think i prefer perform i i prefer jacob's performance as louis uh dupont the luck uh mm-hmm. i i think he is i think he just has just such a bravado on on screen that like really does show i think i know I, what it is i've been enjoying I think it's the scenes with Malloy too that like that it begins with that, and from the start I was like, oh, I don't like this Louis. So like I just cannot connect with him. I love Malloy. I think I love Malloy. I think Malloy is fantastic. (laughs) I would agree with you on that one. Malloy is top notch. I actually I would agree with you. I don't like that port that version of Louis. That kind of like I don't know the superior superiority complex Louis. Mm-hmm. But the flashback Louis, which is the majority of the Louis that we get, I think is like it's some of my. I, I think it is some of my favorite. Yeah, I think he's better in the flashbacks. But I don't. But then once Lestat gets added to it, it's like that's the thing. Like Louis, contemporary Louis is cold, you know, and he's just like he's supposed to evoke so many emotions that that's hard as an actor to get. To, like okay, you have to evoke you know superiority, you know coldness, but dominance, all this stuff. It's like gee, what a dilemma as an actor if I was given that role. But then also, like, but that's the thing, like, that's what I at least feel like he's trying to convey. And and, and none of those things worked for me. I'm like, okay, this this actor is clearly acting right now. I don't feel. What I read on the, he's just trying to dis, he's trying to just disconnect almost is more so my read for what he's supposed to be doing. And the problem is. It's such a fine line. He's such a, but the story is so, the thing is, like, with his story, the feeling, that's the thing. I think maybe that's what I capture. Uh, as much as I don't necessarily like the the contemporary version of Louis, what you do, what I do reading that performance is still that like burning lust and passion that he does still have for Lestat that he hates wow. himself for. This is yeah, it's like this is actually I actually have found myself just enjoying the show because I think one of my favorite things about the show is just like really seeing just a very very toxic relationship and a man who is hates himself absolutely hates himself for being in this situation but knowing that he doesn't want to get out either because he that's the thing like i think the relationship is kind of uh you're seeing an abusive relationship just unfolding and stuff and i think mm-hmm. it's 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 so it, i found it so compelling like i found it yeah. so maybe it's also because like i don't know how many queer stories go into that threshold of like yeah. that toxic yeah. abusive relationship also right that i was yeah. kind of really compelled to watching Right, because For sure. I, we spoke about this a while back, where uh, uh, some of the problems with remakes or reboots is like we'll have like black characters, but we're not going to explore what does that mean for that character or in that time period that we're exploring. Here, we get to see it unfold, and how does that 
how does that relate to like his vampirism here? That was just like I thought it was just fascinating storytelling. His queer identity, like what does it mean to be a black queer man in America? Now you throw the fact that like you have you're in a fucking fucked up toxic relationship, and it's just like I I just they had layers that I was just like I was just like. I found myself just like compelled. I was just like, this was, mm. this was, I, 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 yeah, I loved it. I, it no, I mean, it sucks because I agree with you, but at the end of the day, you know, a good story and a good idea needs to be executed well. And I don't know if I can agree in the sense where I'm like, this was well executed in the sense where performances and also like the film, you know, the, the, not the filmmaking, the television making mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever, you know, was, it was fine. I think that yeah. the story is really what's working here. But I also you know, need I to be convinced at, that this is a story that I need to by the actors. So I don't know. It's just, and I, that's the thing. Like, I don't want to shit on this parade because I see what it's doing, you know. And I, and I actually, I hear you, and I think that's the voice that you know I, I, we should be shining here. But I really want to tap in then to the to the to the Anne Rice people that you said that are mm-hmm. upset because you're saying that they're upset because the subtext became text and that they yes. changed Louis to a black man. The, yeah, those are the two major complaints I have yeah. seen on the reviews, like the, 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 like the, like the user generated reviews, like either on Rotten Tomato or Google. When you Google reviews for for this, mm. uh, you know how Google can also aggregate reviews. Uh, a lot of those complaints stem from this idea that this accusation that making the characters homosexuality the creators of the show didn't understand that this was not a romantic relationship, which I disagree because we know as Anne Rice was writing the screenplay for the original film, she was afraid of the homosexuality kind of being so front and center that the Hollywood, mm. the Hollywood wouldn't make the movie. So mm, mm-hmm. I think right there, they're wrong. Well, you know, this was shelved for so long or two decades. This was shelved in the sense of like they, they had the rights to make the movie and it was always talked about and this project was always uh, put in the back burner and it was shelved and finally it was created after like almost two decades. Was Anne Rice involved at all before initially. she yes. died yes. Yes. initially? Yeah. initially. Um, I wonder how much she saw I'm sorry. I, I'm, not, I'm talking about the, the original movie. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, I'm talking also, about the original movie. Yeah. So in the sense of that and a sense of her like having a hand on that and the original movie yeah. too. No, but she yeah. was uh, her. She she actually gets a uh, writing credit also. And her son, her son is in it for the new show. For the new show, yeah. Her, oh, okay. Her, her, her son, son is it. also involved in it. In the wow. new one, yeah. Okay, there you go. You see, so Christopher Rice. Yeah, Christopher. Rice. Oh, I, I thought that was her husband. So, yeah. So that's complaint number one that I get. That I just I don't think I think making it text is fine, right? If if you're going to do some compelling storytelling or explore the idea of what does that mean to like make it so front and center. It was, we have a character in Louis who was, even though like he found this passionate love with Lestat, he was still very much ashamed for like the first few episodes of his nature, not just being the vampire, but also being gay. Right. And I think we, as queer people sometimes forget that part of our experience about coming out, right? Like, after we're out, it's not all flowers and dandelions, right? Like, it is still, it is still, like, you still do have to struggle with that feeling of being different and being other and, like, being looked at and judged. Mm. Especially uh, if you have people constantly reminding you mm-hmm. that you're being you different. Are yeah. Other. yeah. Uh, 
which is the case here too. So you have this this character, uh, Louis, being constantly reminded that he is less than he is because of his color of his skin and because of the of his sexuality. Mm. You know, constantly kind of reminded. And even though he is smarter than everybody in the room, and even because he is a uh, uh, powerful businessman, he is always uh, reminded that he is the boy. You know, yeah, he's with his poker white buddies, which <laughs> is the other context that uh, Anne Rice and Ricean fans haven't like liked, which was turning this into a black experience story. Right. They felt, oh, why do that? Why insert your woke politics into it? And yes, on the lesser show, I would agree making him black would have just been hitting off a check mark. But I think they're exploring the racial politics in it in a smart way that I don't think it feels like it was just like done for the for just the check mark. Right. To be different, to be like exciting i think they're doing it to similar to watchmen you know how watchmen explored race racial politics i think this is just doing a very similar job of like kind of right but watchmen was a continuation they didn't like go back and tell the watchmen story they continued it 30 years from now this is going back and retelling that's fine i i i'm talking about though in as like as in terms of the exploration of the idea absolutely like, like you're not just like you're not just you're just not doing it for like the sensationalism of it you're do they're doing it it seems from a very, very, from a place of sincerity, Absolutely. of kind of exploring, and like that's why I'm just like, yeah, no, it's just like I don't. I, these people are clearly showing their bigoted side. Well, so it's interesting because when I went into this episode, I was like, oh, I can't believe this interview with the vampire movie in the '90s just like completely ignored this like gay text. But then you know, I've been informed by Eddie, who read the book, that it actually was never quite text; it was subtext. So now hearing that people are upset with this new show because they made the subtext text, I can see why they're upset because they're like, well, you're taking away what was special about the novel was that it wasn't about sex. It was about the connection. And like, as far as what I saw so far, I don't know, maybe you guys saw more, but like, oh, there was a lot of sex. <laughs> I mean, what like the one, the first time that Lestat and Louis have a connection, they're, they're like floating while fucking. They're in the threesome and like, yeah. Um, um, so it's like, I could see that. That's actually, in a way, that's kind of valid uh, because it's like, this is, more, it's more than sex. It's different than sex and you can connect without sex. And that's kind of what it seems. Now, again, I can't really go on with my, uh, my, quote-unquote defense of them because I've not read the book. The, now, making Louis a, a black character, I don't have a problem with. But what I think they might be coming from, and they're just saying it terribly because, like, don't tell people to fuck off with their woke politics. That's a stupid fucking thing to say. Mm-hmm. But what I think they're coming with is, like, if you wanted to tell the story, then make a different movie. Why are you going to take a story that we all love and want to see portrayed and now changing it for your own whims and creating a whole story this is an interesting story but why are you calling it interview with the vampire because when i hear interview with the vampire i expect to see what i read 1790s louis uh you know i guess a white guy or whatever so it's just like it's interesting because i see both sides of the situation Mm -hmm. and that's also something that we've talked about where it's like if this was called something else maybe i would have liked it more but they're calling it child's play or they're calling it you know interview with the vampire and because of that it's like actually just be your own thing why are you presenting yourself as a revival or a reboot 
probably. Oh, but it's a better story. Yeah. It's such a better story when it's. In your opinion. With, in my opinion. And in my opinion. Because, but there's many because, people out there who feel differently. Yeah, be, because <laughs> but, it deals with rage. What it is to have rage. What it is constantly to be containing your rage. Of course. Uh, you know, so I, I And just it's feel a like, really interesting story. It's just but like, it's a different I, story. But it's not. That's the thing, because Louis' character from both films, what we see is him also struggling with this idea of being a cold-blooded killer. They haven't diverged from that that much. Yeah, they just introduced constantly. a little bit of race politics into it, of identity politics. We're not. So here's the thing. There's a difference if we're talking major changes that really, really diverge the story from like what it is. They're not. Introducing different ideas is not the same as like if we Well, made, wait a minute. I've so never read the a, book. Well, so I, we can't say how, but how we much can even it compare is. the two movies, right? Yeah, even comparing the movie to the show, oh, they're completely say, different. But you can uh, so if they had made let's let's say they they decided to go the route of what Anne Rice wanted originally. They're going to make her a they're going to make Louis a woman. Mm-hmm. Okay, and now this is an abusive relationship we're seeing between a man and a woman, which already is going to change the narrative a lot. Uh, now, when she is, uh, when she has Claudette, it's going to also now change the dynamic. Claudia? Complete, Cla- I'm sorry, Claudia. It's I love the name Claudette, the, though. <laughs> she's, they're going to change the dynamics of, of, course. This, uh, of this relationship as a result. See, that's kind of now introducing much more different changes <laughs> that you would have to more so address in, like, the storytelling, right? Yeah. Where here, we're just kind of... So, the other thing is, it's just like, I might also make the argument that the people, the Anne Rice fans who are arguing, it's just like, why are we putting homosexuality in the book? Like, why are you making them gay? Maybe they just didn't get it or didn't want to get it. Yeah, you know, this is, a, it's really interesting because I'm just going off of you here, right? So I'm not even necessarily calling back to anyone. Um, and I've never read the books, obviously. So it's like, I, I guess I'm just trying to like... Uh, just, yeah, you're playing guess, devil's advocate. Play devil's advocate for sure. Which um, the show, you know, makes sense for the show, right? But the the, of, of the course, devil. yeah, we have to <laughs> at the end of the day. Uh, but it's interesting because even with that that uh, example you brought of a woman, they are kind of doing that because you said that this character, you know, now being a man of power and stuff, but still looked down on in like the South in this country, you know, changes all the repercussions and. I guess the the way that the people react to the character. So then actually it becomes more than that. Like the story then evolves and takes a different shape because of this. Now, yeah, of course, I, right I, again, I think it is interesting. Um, you know, and I do think that the story is super like interesting. So I'm not, it's like, I'm both. I'm like, oh, this is an interesting way to turn into the vampire, but it also could have been his own thing, you know? So I'm kind of like sitting on the fence here myself. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't, disagree with you that maybe it could have been its own thing right like i'm not yeah you know and that's what so many remakes and reboots and revivals end up being i would say you know like oh this could why did they call it this it could have been its own thing it does but i guess for me like maybe because it took it so let's say since you and i haven't read the book we have to just compare the original film to the show it took the base plot of the movie Mm-hmm. And just said, it's just like, why are we skirting around the fact that they're gay? Let's just make them gay front and center. Yeah. And that's really what it did. Introduce some uh, identity politics, sure. But 
the gay portion, which is what I have been arguing for years. It's just like, just why, <laughs> like why they're a gay couple raising a child. That's what happens here in this, in this, in the, in the show. We yeah. are very much seeing a domesticated life of a vampire, of two vampires and a, and a child. And there's actually episode four or five, which is the one that introduces Claudia. Uh, I think it's episode four. Cause I, we just watched episode five is from the point of view of Claudia through her journals and it's written in a way that kind of feels, I don't want to say comical, but it is kind of funny. It's like macabre. How old is Claudia in this one? In this version, she is at 14. 14. She's 14 years old in this ah, version. Of the, what a of bummer. The... How so? Why? You want it to be older? No, I mean, isn't she like five in, in, in the, the original? Book. In the book. In, in the, the novel. No, in, in the, the novel, in the, she's in the... five. And in, in the movie, book, she in the movie like, what, she's like eight. 11, I think. She's no, I think she's 11. 10 or 11. 10 or 11? She's dunce? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Well, she's, uh, she's not a teenager. She's not a teenager. No, she... So, uh, but I think making her a teenager kind of does complicate uh, slightly the, the character because you're hitting... You're in that wild throes of puberty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, I mean, this kind of reminds me of Pet Cemetery. Yeah. When in the original wow. film, you know, it's like, oh, wow, the the... You know, my child that died that now gets revived, and all of a sudden it's this evil thing that wants to kill me. It went from being a two year old, which you know is tricky, <laughs> to mm-hmm, right. you know reading about that is horrifying, but watching in the film didn't necessarily work. When they're like, "Well, we can't make that work, so now we have to change it to a twelve year old girl." Right. And in yeah, the something... remake, it worked really, really well. Yeah, something um, similar like that. Yeah, it is something similar like that. But I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen Claudia in those episodes. But I mean, when it works so well with Kirsten Dunst, you know, you just got to top her. And I wonder if this girl is, uh, this is girl able to def- top her. Definitely does uh, give her own. Uh, yeah, uh, I would agree. It. Making um, it her own. Know, ah, that's what she's got to do. Um, I mean, but, but it is the, the chaoticness of, of, <laughs> of two men. I mean, there there's certain scenes that are just hysterical because it's like two men raising this child. And the chaos that she brings to their their household, and and, and how they react to it, and how break. frustrated they they could become, and and stuff, and especially Lestant that's like rolls his eyes, and it's like you wanted this, you wanted this, <laughs> it's, yeah. I did this for you. Um, yeah, uh, I actually, I I don't. We could do a quick lightning round. Actually, we haven't done one of those oh, in a while. Let's do uh, it. Can we just so, quickly mention? Yeah, before two, we go into, go ahead. Two is um another element here that that um that's very much different from what I remember the book um and uh, the original movie was um in here vampires have a variety of different powers. Mm. Uh, there are different powers displayed. There's like almost time stopping. Pyrokinesis. You could like uh, tell uh like le- being able to mind control a whole uh, arm like platoon. Yeah, yeah. Telepathy, mind control, flight. Um, like super flights, like really like going into the stratosphere, kind of flying. Um not just levitating. Um so it's quite interesting to to see that too. Because there is nothing like having your ex your boyfriend take you all the way up there and then dropping you from yeah, from the atmosphere. Yeah, that happened in both. I think when when Lestat and Louis first, you know, connect and stuff, they they always levitate. It's they like did levitate. Kind of like... it's, yeah. Then the levitation is also used in the fight. That's kind of vicious. Uh, oh, yeah. That fight was rough. It's again rough. But we're like seeing like a very very 
toxic, abusive relationship unfolds, uh, giving it the queer perspective, I think I, it works for me because I, I mentioned this before. You don't often see that on screen that uh, uh, what what an abusive relationship looks like for same sex couples. Mm. Right. So I'm not and it's not by any means glamorizing it. Right. Which uh, is the fear. Uh, no, there was nothing about that. Yeah. Felt. So that would be my thing. But. Uh, yeah, I guess my my thing before we go into the lightning round is like I, I didn't I when I heard about interview for a vampire being done by AMC I rolled my eyes, and then when I came to watching it I kind of myself I found myself just so enthralled by everything they were doing and I just kind of we we basically binged everything up until what hasn't been released just yet which is like the final episode of the of the season yeah wow so that's what you've been doing the last couple of days mm, yeah like those so basically i've been just working hard and then like ending my evenings with watching some interview with a vampire and it's been so it's been great i've been like yeah i've been just mm-hmm. telling anyone who chooses to listen it's just like yo check out the show it's fucking wild Uh-oh. uh and stuff and it's it's you know it's it's yeah I, I appreciate how gay it is, and I'm, I'm okay with that. And I don't mind that it's not. I don't <laughs> care that it's not And I'm subtext. okay with that. <laughs> like, it doesn't have to be subtext. It's fine. We can say it out loud. It's 2022. We should be saying it out loud. Of course. Right? Because isn't that what Fucking we argued? Uh, what I said about the last vampire movie that we just covered, uh, Let the Right One In. When you told me that it, the, the character, the vampires are sexless, it's just like, wow, we could have really introduced an entire trans allegory here. And really told a compelling story, but we didn't do that. At least this one decided you're like, yeah, no, we're gonna go gay, and it's just like, great, go gayer, yeah. go gayer. <laughs> uh, that's those are my closing thoughts before we get into the lightning round. The lightning <laughs> round. All right. Nice. So Nicole, do you want to run it or do you want me to? I want you to run it because you're the you one who wants to, to do the uh, lightning round. So I want you to go in the order okay. you want to choose. All right. Show. So let's go. We're going to go with Claudia first. <laughs> There's no question. It's Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. Eddie? Kirsten Dunst. She brings the chaos. That's so funny. All right, fine. I agree. Kirsten Dunst, yeah, for me as Truly. well. Uh, Truly. I, I have not to, uh, to yeah, put I like down the, our new girl. Yeah, the new one. But she, uh, but Kirsten Dunst is just like it's, She owned great. it. I mean, so she totally good. Did. Totally, totally <laughs> did. Let's go with Malloy. Oh, the new one, Eric Bogosian. Yes. I liked him better than Christian Slater. Sorry, I Christian would agree. Slater. Eric Bogosian yeah, Eric is Bogosian. way better yeah. than Christian, Christian Slater. See you later. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Eddie? Same, same. Eric Bogosian. Same, All yeah. right. Lestat the Lion Court. I have to go with Tom Cruise. I mean, just committing to this role. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and okay. this was back when Tom Cruise actually gave a shit about acting. So I, I got to give it to uh, 90s Tom what? Cruise. We just saw Top Gun Maverick. My he God. gives a shit about stunts and being That's in action true. movies. But does fine, he act? Fine. Not that much. Fair, fair, fair. Uh, Eddie? Sam Reed. You're going with Sam Reed? You know, Interesting. And I, and I give you that. He, he brings out the... Oh my God! I can almost be seduced by him, even though he's not my type, and he terrifies me. He I, really does. He terrifies me. I agree. Me. So I I agree with both of you, and I'm going to be the tiebreaker here, but I'm actually going to go with Tom Cruise. <sighs> it's such a it's like upon rewatching it, it's such a great performance that Sam Reed is doing. I I, I love him on the show, but Tom, if I had to compare and pick a favorite, Tom Cruise will win that one out. Now let's oh, yeah. go to Louis Dupont. Dulac. Uh, 
God, can I say neither? Uh, <laughs> you can. I, that's that's uh, absolutely fair. Yeah, I don't know. This is a hard one. I, I think I might have to listen to your arguments before I pick one. Okay, fine. Eddie? Uh, the new one. Jacob Anderson. Jacob Anderson. I like it. I like it. I like, I like be, I, and I guess because it, it's, it, it's given me different elements, uh, more dimension to this character that they added to it. So I'm, I'm for it. I'm for it. Okay. Um, I'm going to pick Cher because of what could have been, <laughs> but never was. That's my answer. That's for sure. Oh, oh, oh I'm ruined and put in a lot. <laughs> no, uh, I'm going Jacob Anderson also. I think he, he he's having way more. Uh, he's doing He's doing way more with the role that Brad Pitt, as you guys have both saw, was kind of just phoning it in. And we know why. He didn't want to play the part, so... Yeah. I'm going with Jacob Anderson. I'm, well, I'm going with Cher first. What Cher, could have been? Forever. And then Jacob Forever Anderson. Cher. Lovers forever. That's and your you song. That, yes, I was actually going to play it, but I, I closed the screen already. Um, but guys, have you guys seen Interview with a Vampire on either AMC or the film from 1994? Let us know your thoughts. Do you agree with us? Disagree? Was it too gay for you? Was it not gay enough? Let us know. Uh... Hit us up on Instagram. Our handle is Remix Reboots Revivals. We're also on Facebook at Facebook slash Remix Reboots Revivals. You can send us an email because we do love reading fan mail. Our email is Remix Reboots Revivals at gmail.com. You can check out all of our episodes on our website at Remix Reboots Revivals.com. And uh, we also have a hotline that you guys can call in and leave a voicemail. You just might play it on the air. Nicole, what is that number? 862-248-2326. That's 862-248-2326. Yes, Cher. Bring it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, that is it. Uh, sorry we missed you guys if you stayed here. Sorry last week we didn't show up, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it was kind busy. of been busy, yeah. and Sorry. it turns out our microphone wasn't working. So yeah, yeah. I hope this. We'll see you next week. I might not be here next week. We'll figure that out soon. But if okay. I don't see you, I will see you guys in two weeks. So until next time, stay, stay unoriginal. unoriginal.